July celebrations and um, they're saying to possibly avoid uh, big gatherings that's what they're saying possibly because of false flags just putting that out there you can discern that and do whatever you think is best for you but that's what I've heard so I hope you guys are having a great uh, pre 4th of July and I hope the week is going well for you happy Friday thank God we made it huh happy Friday so you know, I really like the whole background thing. I found this new background, so I thought this was really appropriate for the 4th of July and, and heading on into the weekend. But anyway, I hope you've had a great week. I hope that everything's going well. I hope everybody can hear me okay. Hey, Kathy. Hi, Janet. How are you doing? Um, and so anyway, I've got a word for you. I definitely have a word for you this Friday. A lot of things happening right now. Oh, you know what I meant to do? Well, Oh, shoot, man. You know what? I wonder if I can bring it on in. I'm going to try to bring something in real quick because I'm going to see if you can see it on your screen. Can you see this on your screen real quick? I'm going to see if it lets you see what I've just implemented on my screen. See if it'll apply it. There it is. Now, it did it work. So I'm going to actually, this is, I needed you to see this. This is really, really imperative right now. This is what we call our contraction point calendar. And I'll take it off my screen when I'm done. But it tells you where we're at as front runners and as intercessors right now um, in the gist of things as far as moving through the 2021 calendar. Um, as you move your way, remember I told you you're moving through contraction point one, two, three, and four. So if you look at this part of the screen where it goes from yellow into the red in the middle part of the screen, that's where we're at. Actually, we're talking about May, June, July, and August, and we're actually at the end <clears throat> of uh, June as we enter into July and you're going to notice that I have some witchcraft figures there this is where it starts to pick up in witchcraft as a front runner so you're going to have to be attentive to this as you move through the rest of your contraction point two um, you're also going to be um, having to really really be breaking off a spirit of basilisk and I'm going to get into that here in a second telling you a little bit about the spirit of basilisk as we move you into August. It's super, super important as you move into August, into the red section, the red point at the far right end of the page. It's imperative that you're binding witchcraft. You're binding early death assignments and freak accidents. I cannot stress that enough because that's the height of the spirit of bacillus the season of bacillus bacillus starts the season of bacillus starts at the end of april april 30th through august 31st it's at its height 
as we move at the end of July into August. And so the witchcraft is going to ratchet up very, very high. And the pressure is going to get very, very strong for those of you who have not moved out of contraction point two yet. Uh, the goal is to get out of C2 early, to get out of it early. And so if you want a copy of this calendar, email me at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. We'll get a copy of this to you to help you kind of gauge the rest of the warfare throughout the rest of the year. As we move into C3, as you get come out of C2, in the red, it stops down here at the bottom lower left part of the screen. And we're coming, that's when you're coming into the high holy days, the head of the year. And so that's when everything starts really transitioning into more angelic activity. And I tell our teams that once we get into C3, which our teams are already in right now, keep a pen and paper beside your bed because angelic activity is going to ratchet up to the max, especially when we hit November, December. And that's when the angelic activity, the holy angels will start speaking to you in dreams and and, and just encounters with angels to the max. And so make sure you're attentive to this, but I'll get into this a little bit as we move into um, uh, the deeper levels of the conversation. I'm going to see if I can move this out so that you don't have to look at that. And so we're moving on into the rest of the conversation. And so anyway, what's witchcraft hitting you with right now? This is what witchcraft is hitting you with. <clears throat> it's what's been hitting me with. Not wanting to gather, wanting to be isolated, feeling like you're trudging through the mud. If you've been feeling like that, this is that. This is what's going on with that. Um, Non-motivated to pray. No motivation. Zero burnout. Sick of this mess. <laughs> ready for it to stop. And also hitting you with over busyness to hinder you from keeping your appointments with God. Kind of overall feeling like a slug. <laughs> you want to label it something. That's a good way to label it. Just kind of feeling like a, a slug on the 4th of July. Feeling like you just want to be left alone. So, But the good news is this. The good news is that things have changed. And we have moved into a new place. A new land. As you're moving out of C2 and into C3. However, the bad news is that that not everyone around us has changed just because we chose to change. Okay. That means in this new place, we're going to have to use wisdom with what we share with others. That's part of strategy, right? You don't tell everybody your business. So you're going to have to use wisdom with your blessings, wisdom with God's things that he's told you, the new plans of God that he's telling you wisdom, because not everyone says, or not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, knows the Lord. And I don't care how long they've been sitting in a church pew, if they ever did even know the Lord. There are a lot of people sitting in church pews right now that are on a freight train to hell. They have no clue. They just have no clue because of wrong doctrine, doctrines of demons and traditions of men that they bought into. So they're not coming into a true saving relationship with Jesus Christ and coming to know the Lord as Lord. They're not. God says, I am love. God is love. If you don't know love, you don't know God. And I'm talking about the warm, unconditional love of Jesus. Being authentic, knowing who you are and who you are, things like that. But it's really knowing love. That's the bottom line to that truth. So, not everybody around you needs to know your business. And some information that God shows us is better kept to ourselves. Um, because not only, not only can you not trust all sheep because of wrong heart conditions in this hour. You can't know if monitoring spirits are listening in. What's that? <clears throat> Pardon me. What's a monitoring spirit? So Christians and intercessors, front runners, need to be attentive to creating a no discernment zone when you pray or when you decree things. You need to be aware of monitoring spirits in this hour. Witchcraft, witches and Satanists release monitoring spirits, satellite eyes, third eyes, all types of eyes listening gadgets to listen into your atmospheres to hear what you pray to hear what you say they're always observing us trying to hear and catch anything that we're saying that they can attack because they want you to live in death like they live in death okay so god has been telling me this for two days and especially today be very careful about creating a no discernment zone 
don't tell everybody your business. They don't need to know your business. They definitely don't need to know your strategies. And how do they know this? How do they listen in on your atmospheres and on your prayers? Through a thing called, you need to be binding these, take notes, looking glasses, satellite eyes, third eyes, monitoring spirits, LHSs. What's an LHS? It's a lingering human spirit. Of, they call them ghosts or whatever, but witches and Satanists conjure up their ancestors. They're called LHSs. They can also be, I'm not going to get into all that. You can go read Ron Horner's book, but an LHS, just write it down and bind it. Bind it, blind and definite. Satellite eyes, third eyes, every type of eye. But they're using these tools to spy upon Christians with or front runners with, especially front runners, and then release demonic attacks to stop you, to hinder you, to get you stuck. So again, you do not need to be telling everybody your business in this season. As, especially after you're, as you're moving through contraction point two in the very end of it. Because do you really think the enemy wants you moving into C3? If you get out of C2, that means you're elevating up into the spirit of God's heart. You're moving higher. So you've got to strategize and pray strategically. And watch your words as you're moving forward out of this old and into the new. Early death assignments. This is where I was talking about the beginning of the conversation. As the body of Christ enters deeper into July and August, we need to be breaking off the spirit of Basilisk. You need to be renouncing, rebuking, and nullifying early death assignments, freak accidents, as well as the spirit of drought. The spirit of Basilisk is, what is a Basilisk, first of all? It's brought in through witchcraft. And you need to stay on top of it because it's a spirit and it it's a in the spirit it's or excuse me in the in the spirit realm it's a demon that releases drought and barrenness over a life and early death it's strategic it comes at us strategically especially at christians and it comes at unbelievers too it's no respecter of persons and so it attacks everybody so you may be hearing of people dropping dead around you and i'm not trying to be morbid i'm being honest i just heard of somebody getting attacked this morning and so it attacks with, with all the weaknesses that are in your bloodline. So this is why in C1, we tell our people, get as free as you can. Whatever God brings up for you to get freedom from, obey him. Get free before you enter into the fire. Because every single thing will be subjected to the enemy's devices if you don't. And you can't go higher if you don't. So that's the thing you need to be dealing with. And again, on the 4th of July, be careful of the big gatherings. They're warning against false flags. I'll say it again. Hey, James, good to see you guys this afternoon. So as we move into the conversation, check this out. 2 Kings 20 verses 1 through 22 verses 2. And they're talking about bleak situations, the pressure of believing. How many of you had a, have had a hard time believing the Lord and what he's been promising you? And believing him for the good things. Believing him that he has a good plan in store for you. Hi, Angeline. How many people have had a hard time staying on top of this in this hour? So, this is a key time right now to tell the Lord, say, if you've been having a hard time, just say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to lie. Forgive me for my doubt and my unbelief. I step right back into position. Just repent and get on back about your father's business. But, the same situation that we're dealing with now is the same kind of situation, similar, hard time believing, things looking bleak, trying to stay into the faith zone and making sure that we're staying on top of our faith and moving forward with the Lord. It happened in Judah. It happened in Israel. And during this time, actually, Judah was in danger because the king was about to die. So the situation looked pretty bleak for everybody involved. For Hezekiah, King King Hezekiah was the king during this time. And, and sometimes it seems that trouble comes in packs, you know. It comes in nonstop, one right after the other, where you find victory over one thing, only to find out that trouble's coming right around the corner through another thing. Because the devil can be relentless, right? The devil can be relentless when you're determined. So this is something else I've noticed in this hour with witchcraft. As we have gotten relentless to move out of the old and into the new, even as a nation, the devil's ratcheted up the witchcraft. Have you noticed that? Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord reminded me just now um, 
Because the enemy's been coming in like the last two weeks with early death assignments big time trying to hit people physically. I I mean, it, he's he's trying to take out leaders. He's trying to move people out of the way because the enemy is trying to rule and reign. But God said, uh-uh-uh, it's not your season, big dog. It's mine. And it's what Christ in us says that will go. Not what the devil's people say is going to go. It's not what Christ excuse me, it's not what the devil says will come to pass. It's what Jesus in me or you says is going to come to pass. If I say with my heart and I believe it, if I say it with my mouth and I believe it in my heart, I'll have whatsoever I say, right? Mm-hmm. And so the enemy is coming in and he's relentless about his attack. So you're going to have to stay on top of your decrees. You're going to have to stay on top of discerning and casting things down. And when something seems off, listen to your gut reaction. Listen to your discernment. Seriously, you're going to have to listen and stay on top of this. And by the way, thank God for saying this to me. The, the thing that I'm noticing in the body right now, for one, is because we've never been this way before. But for two, because the body is tired. We're just fatigued. And so a lot of people I'm noticing right now, especially intercessors and frontrunners, they're just like, Lord, I'm spent. I can't do one more thing. <clears throat> I can't. And the Lord's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because if I went to the cross and I did what God called me to do, then you can do what God's calling you to do. You can do it. Yes, you can. It's, it's called an expansion of your faith, pushing your faith beyond what you think is your limitation. God knows what your limitations are. We don't really know. So it's an expansion of our faith, an expansion of our endurance, an expansion of our being fortified in Christ and pressing out of the old and into the new. It's not what the devil says will come to pass. It's what Jesus Christ in you says will come to pass. God's given us all power and authority and, and the ability to trample on snakes and scorpions and anything that exalts itself above the throne of God. It's not what the devil says. It's what Christ in you says will come to pass. So Judah had the same problem. They were getting hit relentlessly. And it's kind of like what we're dealing with as a nation right now, with where we're at as a nation. And God's saying, stay right on top of this thing. Don't let up. Don't let up. Don't let go no matter what you feel. Remember, your feelings have nothing to do with your faith. Okay? Your feelings and your faith are two separate entities. I tell people that all the time. And Hezekiah was dealing with this in his own life as the enemy was trying to take his life. <clears throat> the enemy was coming at him with early death assignments. So the devil's never changed his tactics. The devil never changed his, he never changes his ways. He just picks up a brand, or excuse me, he picks up an old tactic that he's used at a different time. Something new to you, but not to him. But still God preserved Hezekiah. And he, by, because of Hezekiah's prayers, he gave him 15 more years. The prayers of a righteous man and woman availeth much, but the devil has no control over our future unless you give it to him. You have to agree with him. But if you don't agree with him, then he has no power over you. Psalms 91, 16 states, to back this up, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. God says, if you honor your mother and your father, you'll have long life and good health. That's a, a truth. So in Psalms 23 states, I don't have to leave until I'm satisfied, which means I'm not satisfied when all my prophecies haven't been fulfilled yet over my life. I'm not satisfied when the, the desires of my heart that God put in there haven't come to pass yet. I'm not satisfied yet. So I hardly think I'm going to be leaving until I get what I came for, right? And the same would be true with you, right? So Hezekiah then had a choice. He had, he had a choice to believe God and he could connect with God, believing in prayer like you're doing right now with your decrees. Because prayer alters things. It can alter anything in the universe. And God will meet our need at that place if we have believing prayer. If we stand up in our most holy faith, even as fatigued as we are. God says, the prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. So it's not what the devil says will come to pass. Not the devil in church, people. Not the devil in the world. And yes, the devil is alive and well in the church. We've seen it in Jezebel operating on vessels. I'm seeing it everywhere right now. So don't, don't think he's confined 
outside of the four walls of a church. He's well alive in the church right now. But the Lord is saying in this hour, it's what you say will come to pass. It's what Jesus in you says. And there's power in love. Love is the most powerful force on earth. This is why God wants us to come into his spirit. Because of the power of love. Love can move mountains. Love will cross, it will climb any mountain to get to anyone that needs help. It's forceful, it's fierce, it's determined, it's fortified, and it's unmovable. But more importantly, it's unstoppable, undefeatable. So this is why you've got to get into his spirit. You've got to get free if you want to get your life back. So the Lord's saying, quit believing the enemy. And quit believing what you see with your eyes because your eyes will fail you in this hour if you're moving by the flesh. If your flesh, uh, if your if your flesh bound or if your flesh controlled is a better word, you're not going to be making a lot of headway. But if you're spirit led, if you're operating in the, the spirit of love, great change is upon you. But with that comes great pressure. Because change brings pressure as well as demonic activity. Because the enemy hates when kingdom manifests in any location. Especially in your life. Especially in this nation. And the enemy will always hit you. Mark my word. He will always hit you right before a blessing or right afterwards. So you need to be prepared. You need to be binding him away right before you move out of the old and into the new and then bind that backlash and retaliation once you get on the other side. You don't have to put up with any of it. Know your power. Know your authority. And be attentive. However, the most effective warriors don't let the enemy know what they're doing while they're doing it. Kind of like T-R-U-M-P. Everybody's kind of wondering, what's up? What's up with the nation? What's up? What's going on this 4th of July? What's up? Hezekiah was kind of like this too. He he actually made a mistake when he was moving out of the old and into the new because although he was delivered from the enemy's devices against his life, he lacked the wisdom in knowing how to keep a secret. How many times, and I've seen this in year, for years in my own life, I had to learn this the hard way, where God would get ready to bless me with something and I would get so excited about it and I'd start telling all the people that I thought were my good friends, all my friends, I'd tell, oh, guess what God's doing? Guess what God's doing? And it'd fall right through my hands. And it was always when I'd get around a certain group of people, I noticed the pattern. And so I started paying attention to the Lord. I said, God, why is it that you know, why does why do my blessings seem to evade me when I get around these people? Because you keep opening your big mouth. You keep talking about it to the wrong people, to people that aren't in your inner court and they don't have your best interest at heart. They're jealous, they're envious, they're spiteful, and they're malicious. And they don't wish well upon you like love does because they don't know me. And by the way, what are you doing hanging out with them? If they don't know love, they don't know God. And by the way, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. It has all these wonderful attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And if people can't wish you well, then they're not in your camp. They shouldn't even be there. They're not gods. They're tares. T-A-R-E-S. And you know what happened? You know what I did? I got rid of these people. Boom, shakalaka, you're gone. Boom, bounce out of here. Recognize them for who they are. Get them out of your atmospheres. They're Jezebels. Usually. So learn how to keep a secret. But, you know, it's interesting because Hezekiah overcame the lion of death, but he succumbed to the serpent of pride. How many of us get so full of ourselves and so excited? We think we're excited. Really, it's pride-driven. But it's like we want to tell everybody about our business and not everybody needs to know your business. Not everybody needs to know your business. And it's interesting because people don't want to hear the truth in this day and time. They don't want to have to step up and take accountability for things that we 
fallen short in in times past, but now God's saying, I'm telling you how to pass the test. I'm telling you exactly what to do in this season. I'm telling you step by step what to do, which is why he has me up here telling you all the way through C1, C2, C3, C4, this is how you do this. This is how you move to this part of God's heart. There's a method to the way God does things. And there's a, a wisdom in the way God does things. And so God's saying know when to stay silent, especially with strategies, when he's trying to bring a blessing in your life. It's one thing you need prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's one thing you need prayer over situations, but you know who you go to prayer for when you have a need or when you have a desire that you're trying to guard while the baby's being birthed? You have an outer court and you have an inner court and you have a holy of holies group of friends. Let me tell you what that looks like. The outer court is, hey, you know that Missy girl? Oh, yeah, I know her. In, I knew her in high school. I don't really know her. Your inner court group of friends is like, hey, you know that Missy girl? You know Missy Hood? Yeah, I know her. You know, I go to church with her on Sundays, and, and I've, I've worked with her at a job before, but we don't hang out. You know, we just, I know her. Yeah, I work with her. And then you have that, hey, you know that Missy girl? You bet I know her. She's my best friend. If you come at her, you come at me. When we go one, we go all. That's the kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you have an outer court group of friends, an inner court group of friends, and a holy of holy group of friends. Don't share people. Don't don't share your pearls with people in the outer and the inner courts. Don't do that. They don't know your heart. They don't know who Christ made you to be. They don't always wish you well, because they're usually flesh driven, which is why they're in the outer court. By the way, that's why they're not in the inner, the holy of holies. So the people that know the good, the bad, and the ugly about you. They love you for who you are. They love you flaws and all. And they'll fight to the death for you. And usually vice versa. Those are your true friends. Those are your prayer warriors. Those are your people that you go to with your needs. Those are your people that help you pray your blessings in with you. And they'll get on their knees beside you and watch you. And they'll they'll rejoice with you, with you when you rejoice. And they'll grieve with you when you grieve because they're true friends and in your lifetime you may have only three two to three an average person only has three two to three true friends if you're blessed you may have up to five that's a lot I usually have two to three three mainly max but usually two to three and that's normal but those are the people that you share your blessings with and they pray beside you so <clears throat> the less you speak about your blessings or your strategies, the less the enemy knows what area to attack. That's wisdom. Pardon me, my nose itches. I'm so sorry. That's unprofessional. Sorry. But believing prayer works. And better yet, so are silent strategies. Silent strategies are the best. And they're best kept silent with integrity and with those who are in your holy of holies. But don't ever get stuck in false confidence just because a few victories have occurred in your life. Don't lose your guard during a critical season <clears throat> and let down your guard to where you start talking about your treasures don't because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion he's been doing it for thousands of years why would he change his strategy now he hasn't changed anything he studies god's people even you trying to find your weaknesses and god says know yourself know your weaknesses but pray 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 don't be like hezekiah don't mortgage your future because your decision-making today was poor. Because your decision-making, if it is poor, it's going to affect your tomorrow. Not just you, it'll affect people around you. So we've got to be wise when we come into these contraction point twos yearly. And by the way, contraction point two every year is getting tougher and tougher for people who choose to stay at the lower parts of the mountain or lower levels of the spirit. And it's because the darkness is getting darker. The darkness is catching up, and so it's making it harder to climb in the things of the Spirit. And, and by the way, it's catching up to us because they're learning about the darkness like we're learning about the light. So that's why it's imperative for us to keep climbing out of the old and into the new. But in this hour, <clears throat> God's saying, some leaders and sheep get this truth better than others. Because a lot of people are full of pride in this day and time. But they encounter... The Lord's presence because they're learning how to run up their mountain. They're learning how to move in the things of the Spirit. But the Lord's saying, 
Don't tell everyone what you do in prayer in this hour. Don't tell everyone your strategies. Enemies already, because by the time you, this is the reason why you don't do this as well, because things are moving so fast in this hour. By the time you're, you're starting to tell people what you think you're so proud of, the enemy's already changed his strategy. He's already maneuvering fast. That's how fast things are moving in this hour. So the Lord said, it's just better to keep it to yourself. That's how things, that's how fast things are moving. So you're, Boasting efforts basically are fruitless all the way around, which is why we need to be quiet about where God's taking us. So we start off strong. We're starting off C2, C1, C2, C3. By the in, by the time we get into the beginnings of C3, the, the, the way that you know you're almost there is that you feel like you're not going to make it. You feel like, I don't have any more energy. I'm, I'm going to fail. There's just no way. I don't have the strength to do this anymore. That's an indicator that you're about to finish the test. Okay, and by the way, by the time we finish hay season, by the time we finish C2, we're spent. Well, guess what? We were spent when we entered into this C2. We were already spent as a body. But God was already expanding our fortitude, expanding our faith so we could actually walk out of the old and into the new. And so we start off strong, but sometimes if we don't press on through, like we get caught up in the vices of the enemy, we can get stuck on this level. When we can get stuck in all this this darkness that the enemy's trying to encapsulate us in, which is all death, by the way. So Lord's saying some leaders, some sheep start off strong, but they close out their lives badly. Meaning they start off with strong faith, they start off with strong integrity. That's the key. They start off with strong integrity. But then they get caught up in the bitterness of the difficulties of life. And instead of getting better with God, instead of getting freer with God, they get bitter. They get bitter. And so the Lord is saying, this is what happened to uh, Hezekiah, as well as many other kings during his time. And I'm also seeing it in the church right now, because a lot of people in the church and in society, period, they're getting bitter. They're getting bitter because things aren't going well for them. They're not going well for them because they're not choosing to get free in Christ and to adhere to God's ways. God says, your ways aren't my ways. God says, I didn't come here to serve you. You came to serve me, says the Lord. And so we have to do things his way. If we want to go up higher in the spirit and come nearer to a holy God, because he can't dwell where sin is, nor is he going to. <clears throat> Aaron's sons tried this when they tried to light strange fire in the temple of the Lord. And guess what God did to them? Struck them dead. He struck him dead. And so it's, there's a cost for trying to come around the holy God with our unholiness, even in prayer. And I'm getting into that part of the discussion right now. So the people that did badly in Hezekiah's day were Hezekiah, Ahab, King Manasseh, just to name a few, as well as many other kings. If you go read the story about the book of the kings, you'll see the ups and the downs of all these leaders and all their faux pas, and all the things that they messed up in, and some chose to serve God, very few, by the way, but a lot of them went against God's ways, and they got caught up in the worship of idols, they got caught up in their own devices, they tried to do things their way, but if you want a good, fulfilling life, and you want things to go well for you, you have to make up your mind that no matter what it costs you, no matter what you have to let go of, no matter what you think is truth, no matter who you think you are, versus who God says you are, you're going to change. You're going to choose to change and be changed because that's the only way into a fulfilling life. And let me tell you, there's nothing more rewarding than to get on the other side of that, that issue and to see all the blessings that await you because it opens up a whole gamut full of blessings. I, I've seen it many, many times in my life where God says, hey, let go of this. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? How? <laughs> he did it to me with Something in my past that I was involved in that I came out of. And, and he, I was like, I don't know about it. I don't know if I can change that. And he goes, but I can. You can't, but I can. And then I started making, changing my, my friends and new playmates and new playgrounds. And boy, was that a challenge. And I thought, boy, what, did you, what have you done to me, God? Had all these people praying me in and then they abandoned me. I would pray you, they prayed me in and then they thought, well, no, you don't deserve to be saved. Because then they got jealous of the way God was using me. Kind of like what I'm seeing in the church today, which is ridiculous. Anyway, we'll go on. Um, but that's what they did. They prayed me in and, and they put me under all this pressure. And I was in, I was working the film industry. We're not bothering anybody. 
I was bothering anybody. I was designing, having a great life, making good money. And then they interrupted my whole life. With, and God interrupted my whole life. And, and they prayed me into these people. Then they abandoned me. And they just left. And then they, they judged me. I'm, I'm not belly aching. I'm just telling you my life. Then they abandoned me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, now what do I do, God? And he's like, you just follow me. Come follow me. Not everybody's going to be faithful. But I am. The Lord says, I'm faithful. I'm faithful to finish what I started in you. As long as you don't quit, I'm not going to quit, says the Lord. So, this is just part of the ups and downs of Christianity. These are things that you have to prepare your heart for. And when God says, get new playmates and new playgrounds, he's meaning not everybody can go with you where God's taking you. And you may not understand it. You may not even like it. I don't know why I'm even telling you this. I'm just talking out of my heart right now. You may not like it. But the Lord says, if you'll be faithful, let go. I know what's on the other side of this test. Just trust me. Trust me, and it's proven itself true every single time. Every time. So this takes us into Acts 21, 18 through 36, and it's called the Traveler. Interestingly enough. Now listen to what he's talking about here. This is fascinating. And this was Paul's farewell journey. It brought a lot of sorrow to Paul because of his own refusal to listen to the Lord. And I didn't know this was part of Paul. I didn't know he had these issues. I didn't know he dealt with this. And when God purposefully separates us from some people or places, it's dangerous for us to go back when God has said, no, I've shut the door. It's very dangerous for us to go back into those places. You want to know why? Because God knows the end from the beginning. He knows what he knows. He sees it. He's, he's there. He's omniscient. So he sees what people are going to choose to do to you. He knows the future. <laughs> he sees their heart conditions. He sees how it's going to affect you if you choose to go there. That's why when he says, drop new playmates and new playgrounds, that's why when he says that, he means it. Obey him. He doesn't want you going back like a dog to your vomit. He's trying to preserve your life or he's trying to protect you from danger. So it's dangerous for us to go back to some places because God knows the end from the beginning. And sometimes we can, this is where we fall. This is where we fail. Sometimes we can want something so badly that we're so determined to get what we want. We're so determined to try to force it. Just like Paul. Paul was so determined to get this church in unity. He tried to force them into unity. You know what happened to him? He ended up being thrown into prison for a good long while. When God had told him not to go to that city. He said, don't go. And he didn't listen. He was just determined to do what he wanted to do. And that's how we can sometimes be. We can be this way. When we're so determined to have, we want what we want. And this is how much, this is what throws the world off course. Is that they're, they so want what they want. that They try to manipulate people. They control people. When God never controls us, he gives us free will. He's like, I lead you beside the still waters. I don't drive you. God doesn't do that, thank God. <laughs> we drive people, we drive people crazy with our manipulation and control sometimes. Let God deliver you of it. But God will never force another person's will, not even in prayer. Especially in prayer. Because forcing another person's will is witchcraft. Especially through prayer. We can ask God to change their heart about a matter. Or you combine the demons behind that vessel's actions, but you're not allowed to manipulate the will of another person. Instead, you let God lead them. Let them choose. He gives us all free will. God says, choose. You have life or death. Choose life. But allow them to choose. And this is where Paul messed up. So he got himself into this big hoopla and it, all because he said he wanted peace, by the way. And not every outcome we, we ask for is going to bring us peace. And the Lord says, if you're determined to have your way, for those of you praying witchcraft prayers in this hour, this is what awaits you. You may get what you want in some situations, but you may not like what you get. This is why you're only to pray the will of God only, not your own. 
not your own. Because at the end of the road, God's got a plan for every life. And God says, my kingdom is going to come. My will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm speaking by the Spirit now. I didn't know I was going to go this way. But the Lord is saying to some of you out there who are stuck in trying to manipulate the will of your family members, manipulating the will of people around you in the church, manipulating your enemies or whoever you deem. You're not even supposed to have enemies. Really, if you're in love, you don't have any enemies. You're just praying for people. You're sojourning in the land. But the Lord's saying, I am going to have my way. And what's going to end up happening for those of you who are in my way, even in leadership, who are activating and acting in the spirit of religion, and you're trying to act in your own pride, because pride goes before fall. The Lord says, I'm fixing to move you out of the way myself, and you're not going to like how I do it. I had God tell me this when I was 23, 24 years old, excuse me. I was engaged to be married, and I was dating a guy who was a narcissist. And on the way home from dinner one night, the Lord told me in my spirit, he said, if you don't get out of this, I'm fixing to yank you out and you're not going to like how I do it. And I was like, guess who broke up with that guy the very next day? I was like, oh my God. And, And I know why now. After I got beyond the situation and I saw God was trying to save me from something. Let him preserve you. Do what he's telling you to do in this hour. It's so critical, I cannot even begin to tell you how critical your obedience is in this hour. So, in Paul's situation, he thought he was trying to be careful not to cause unrest in the city he went into against the Lord's will because he disobeyed the Lord. But then he became a prisoner within that city. And the Lord says, your disobedience will cause you mightily. It's important for you to follow God And do and say and pray only what you hear your father saying. Not your flesh. Not your flesh. So know the difference, says the Lord. Paul got lucky because God spared him and he allowed him to live. And it wasn't until other servants of God got there to help him that Paul was released. So God used the situation for Paul's good as he will in all of our situations. But why would you even want to go there when you could have been spared of the whole ordeal had you just listened the first time? I think that's what baffles me about even myself sometimes. We, we, I've learned as hard as it is, even though you know we have different desires and, and we think we need certain things. My dad used to always tell me, Missy, is it a want or is it a need? When I'd want certain things, I'd want to buy certain. Is it a want or is it a need? Is it the right time? Did you pray for it? And if I didn't pray for it, then my dad would always tell me, it's it's a want, Missy, then it's really not a need. You really don't need that right now. If you pray for it, God will bring it in the right time. And he'll it'll probably come in a way that you never expected. And then it'll be better than it ever was before if you learn to wait on the Lord. But when you're determined to do things your own way in this hour, it'll cost you. And you may get an Ishmael. You do not want Ishmaels. No Ishmaels in this hour. No Ishmaels. You only want the Isaac. Because the Isaac comes from a pure heart. And it's the best of the best of the best of heaven. It's the best of the best in all your heart's desires that God has placed in there. Because your heart's learned to wait on him. And learn to follow him. And you're learning to create a thing with him. And you're learning to walk a thing out. And to wait a thing out. And you're pressing through the warfare. And you're not looking to the left or to the right. You're holding on to your faith. And you're pressing through the fatigue. And you could care less about it. And the harder you press, the more your joy comes up. And the more your joy comes up, the more your strength comes up. And the more your strength comes up, the more you're able to bash through the enemy's walls out of the old and into the new. See where you're at? This is actually getting exciting to me. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up with Psalms 151 through 6, which is actually appropriate. No matter what happens, the Lord says, stay in praise. I know we always tell you, we always tell you this at Ezekiel's will, stay in praise. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, God's going to raise up a standard. Because learning to trust God and praise our way through difficulty is a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. Besides... Anything else other than joy is is depressing. So, in this particular psalm, whether you know it or not, praise was used 13 times. And it's wherever, wherever we're at, God is saying, you should always be praising me. No matter what, you should always be praising me, whether in want or whether in little. Always keep praise on your lips. Because that's your ability to actually recognize whether you're in a test or not. Pardon me, when you're in a test, usually, 
like you have mountains and valleys when you're in a test you actually feel like you're in a valley okay you're not always gonna be able to live on a mountaintop and so you got to be able to recognize when God's taking you off the mountaintop down into another test into a valley and then you got to know the weapons that you're gonna need when you're in that valley to pull you up on the other side that's where you're coming out of in contraction point two you're learning how to climb the mountains and the valleys of God to come up into maturity to maneuver through the heart of God into the higher levels of love and the more you praise the more you're gonna enjoy your walks because it usually means you've learned to trust God in all things imagine that that's part of being an intercessor part of being a front runner you know sometimes I actually think I I used to live my life and I used to always wait for the next shoe to drop I used to, that's how I felt like as a as an intercessor and as a warrior but especially when God transitioned me into front running and it's because and I've gotten better actually as a front runner because of that fact that I've lost that mindset I'm not always waiting for the shoe to drop anymore I just have learned to I think I've learned to appreciate uh, what whatever part of the testing we're going through I've just learned to set my face like flint regardless of the pressure and saying no matter what I'm coming out on the other side man come hell or high water Whatever's in my way, I'm going to run through it like a Mack truck through the Lord of my life because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not going to forfeit my position. I'm not going to let anybody encroach on my position through, through arrogance or through ignorance or even through selfishness because there's enough room in the kingdom for all if we really know love. But I'm, I'm going to learn to forge my way through this hard place and forge my way through the fire because I know the fire is going to make me stronger and I'm going to come out better on the other side and if you can learn that you can go through anything in this life with praise with praise you can keep praise on your lips you don't let fear grip you, you don't let fear rule you because there's no fear in love you just love come in and you're like okay Lord I trust you but the more you praise you'll enjoy to, you'll enjoy your walk more no matter how difficult the test may seem. Because God says to give praise to Him with every breath we have. And breath, whether you know this or not, breath is the weakest thing we have. But we can devote it to the highest of service. Praising the Lord in all things. Which leads me to Proverbs 18, 9-10. As I wrap up, this pre-4th of July weekend. Not wrapping up the weekend. It's before we actually jump into it. And I hope yours is wonderful, by the way. But Proverbs 18, 9-10 states, He also who is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Meaning if, this is my interpretation of that. If you don't stay on top of your responsibilities in Christ, if you're a frontrunner, intercessor, no matter apostle, prophet, teacher, preacher, if you don't stay on top of your learning and you don't keep your appointments with God, if you give way to the flesh more than you obey the things of the Spirit, you're setting yourself up for self-destruction. Because in this hour, I think that it's God's main objective to get us out. <clears throat> See, I'll say this before I wrap up too. I was telling our teams this morning, we used to not have to think about contraction point one, contraction point two, three, and four. I never knew what all that stuff was when I was 16, 17 years old. I could have cared less. But now we have to think about it because of the fact that we've been hit with witchcraft. We used to never have to deal with witchcraft as a body either. <clears throat> we used to have to deal, <clears throat> I'm sorry, we used to never have to deal with the, the onslaught of demons that we're dealing with right now. <clears throat> we actually, our forefathers, when our grandparents were alive and all the forefathers before them, they would just maneuver through the transitional transformation places of God because it was second nature to them. But now, because of all the demonic portals that have been opened, because of these wonderful, lovely people that have released them <clears throat> into our atmospheres, we're having to learn about it. God says we all die for lack of wisdom and understanding. So it's kind of their purpose is to disrupt our transformation process. 
So that's why we teach you about C1, C2, C3, C4, to try to get it back into your nature again, so we learn how to move through the kingdom of God, through the heart of God every year with breakneck speeds to get into that acceleration process again. And that's where I believe God is actually taking us as frontrunners. And that's the body for those who will listen. If we'll just listen. So I hope you're encouraged today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the word. Actually, if you did, please hit the subscribe button in your upper right-hand corner. It's that way if I can not hit my microphone. But yeah, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed the word today, actually, we do the revs on Mondays and Fridays to rev you up for the weekend, to rev you up for the weekend. If you notice, I didn't do a compass this week. We stopped doing the compass when our teams make it through C2. But usually I, I, I was doing the 15-minute revs, then the compass, and then the one on Friday. So I did a rev on Monday, Friday, and then the compass on Wednesday. But we're no longer doing them now. Uh, we'll pick up with them next year as we start C2 again. But I hope you join us on uh, Mondays and Fridays as we do the rev to try to rev you up for the week and then the rev you up for the weekend. Um, if you're looking for a tribe, we'd love to bet you. We would love to. We do bet you to make sure you're called to front run. And you don't have to fear rejection. We don't, we're not rejecting you if we don't accept you. It's because you have to have an anointing to front run if you're going to do it. There's a grace to do it because there's so much pressure in doing it but you acclimate to it. And once you acclimate, you start running through the seasons of war. You just start running through the seasons. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Also go back and look at the, the email address below my finger right here, ezekielswill.org. Go check us out online. We would love to download some prayers to you if you're needing help in your life. Once you are onboarded as a member, <clears throat> um, you have access to all of our materials. And we've got 35 years of materials to teach you how to front run. And it's things about all the secrets of the kingdom, things about the secrets of the courtrooms of heaven, things about the secrets of the Ezekiel's wheel, things about the secrets of witchcraft and teaching you how to battle different types of... Um, there's five different tabs in there. It's like a huge library in our veterans room. You need to come check us out. But Ezekiel's will.org. But until then, I hope you guys have a wonderfully uh, safe Fourth uh, of July. And until I see you, I won't be here on Monday, by the way. We're, we're off on Monday. I'll see you on Friday next week. So until then, have a blessed 4th of July weekend and stay safe. I'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye.